Good morning, YouTube family. Good afternoon and good evening, wherever you might be. Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town. Uh, let me see. I'm going to try to get this camera straightened out. There we go. That's a little better. Glad to have you guys coming on. Welcome. Welcome to our live stream we have every Thursday. I'm actually considering moving my live stream to Tuesday night. So let me know if you think that would work for you. But I'm thinking that might be a good thing for us. Because my Tuesday nights are opening up. And, and it might be a good time for people who are working to be able to hop on for once, right? Okay, let me see if I can get this straightened out. There we go. So welcome, welcome. Today we're going to talk about... When will the narcissist stop being a narcissist, right? When are they going to behave? When are they going to turn the ship around and stop destroying their life along with yours and everybody else? When are they going to uh, learn from their mistakes, right? When are we going to be able to get a little bit of vindication from, you know, maybe a little humility from them, right? When, when will they stop? harassing and hurting and destroying things around them. Um, this is, a, you know, for the people who are hanging on, for the people who will not discard the, the narcissist or the people who keep coming back to the narcissist and they just won't give up on the narcissist because they keep thinking things are going to change. Things are going to be different. So this is for you, this, this episode today, what we're talking about, because... It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking waiting and waiting for the narcissist to change. And it's uh, draining and people just feel like, you know, at times they're hopeless, but they renew their hope. They get um, some energy or something, you know, from somewhere in order to hang in there with the narcissist, thinking that at some point things are going to get better. At some point, if the narcissist notices and will finally value your loyalty, excuse me, your loyalty or value uh, that you stuck around and all that you contributed or gave to them, all that you sacrificed for them, they're going to finally be thankful, right? This is what we hope for. This is what we think, you know, all the things, all the times we forgive them, all the times we give in to them and allow them to come back again and again. We think that eventually they're going to appreciate that and they're going to be human. They're going to be loving. They're going to uh, contribute to the relationship and change or maybe heal, right? A lot of times we think that the narcissist is broken and that's why we stay with them because we feel like it's, it's, um, it's mean to give up on somebody, right? Uh, so we don't want to do that. We want to keep giving to people that we think are broken. So we want to talk about so is there hope? Is there a time that the narcissist will change? Will that time come for us in this lifetime? And I want to say that if they truly are a narcissist, it's not going to change. It just isn't. And, but um, it's not going to change on their own volition, okay? They're not going to make the choice to change. Uh, except for one one instance, but I'll get to that. There are a few scenarios where the narcissist will be forced to change. That's when they are physically 
pretty much physically forced to because of physical obstacles that keep them from being a narcissist, right? That keep them from from using people or abusing people or or taking advantage of people. So we're going to hop into that in a few minutes. Good morning, John. Good to see you here and others who are hopping on. Good morning to you guys. So this is happy crappy hour where we are going to learn from each other from our experiences. So I really want to encourage you guys to share your experiences here in the live chat. We will be getting into that. Hmm. So here's the thing with narcissists. The reason why generally they do not change, generally, and I'm going to talk about the times they will change because of these physical obstacles that get in their way. <clears throat> but generally, if nothing is in their way, if nobody is preventing them from going forward and living out their narc life, the reason the narcissist doesn't change on their own is because they continually rewrite history as they go. They continually rewrite history. They uh, go back and they see events that occurred in their life or even events that they caused in their life. Um, you know, maybe a breakup in a relationship, maybe a, a, a divorce, maybe a child who grows up and refuses to be any part of that narcissist's life. The narcissist will look back on these events and rewrite the history, rewrite the facts and paint themselves as the victim, as someone who could not have made any changes, could not have done anything differently, and that it was the child's fault, um, it was the spouse's fault, it was the significant other's fault, why the relationship ended. And of course, the narcissist is going to rewrite the history in a favorable view of, you know, of them. They're not going to rewrite the history and make it out to be something where they could have made a difference, they could have changed things, they could have done something differently. And what happens, you guys, if if you look back in your life and you never see a time where you could have done anything differently? Are you actually then going to change? Are you actually going to grow from that? Are you actually going to learn from that experience? No, you're not, right? So neither does the narcissist. This is why they do not learn that they need to change. They do not learn how to keep that event from happening again and again in their life. <clears throat> Excuse me. Instead, they go forward continually doing the th same things that they do, not understanding why their life keeps falling apart or why people keep leaving them or why they keep getting discarded, right? They don't understand. They don't understand why the same people with the same problems keep coming into their life. And they think, well, I must be attracting all these people with all the same problems. No, not really. You're, you know, the narcissist is not attracting the same people with the same problems. The narcissist is causing the same problems in every relationship. The narcissist is not there to change and to grow and to become better or, or contribute to society. They're there to take and, and suck away all that they can from society, right? So when they can not see that there's anything to change, when they rewrite history and the facts of history, right, they, they won't even, they'll uh, omit facts that incriminate them. They'll omit the facts that, like, uh, say they, they went and stole something out of somebody's purse, right, and then they were caught, and that person uh, humiliated them in front of everybody else. 
and uh, told everybody what the narc had done. Now the narc gets shamed by their mutual friends or whoever's around by the family. So the narcissist will look back at an incident like that and say, and omit the fact that they were the one who stole something out of the person's purse, right? They're not, they're going to omit that. But what they will talk about is how this person humiliated them, how this person gossiped about them, how this person accused them, right? With no evidence whatsoever to others. And then if this is what they believe because they build this fake world for themselves with fake facts, of course, right? Just like the fake news. Oh my gosh, you guys. Yeah. When they build this world of all fake information and they convince people of this fake information and then people respond to the fake information as if it were real, then to the narcissist, this is their reality. Right? They've created their own reality where it has little to do or nothing to do with actual facts. And they will live that out. So why would they change? Why would they see that they had any, any consequences to their actions? Right? They're going to see that they didn't cause this other person to rat them out or to call them on anything or to uh, talk to others and, and tell others what the narcissist had done. They don't see that they had done anything wrong. All they see is that they keep running into people who keep narking them out, right? Who keep telling on them. They keep running into people who they say are gossiping about them. But the people aren't gossiping about them. The people are warning others about them, right? They're actually telling the truth about the narcissist. So as a narcissist rewrites history, rewrites the events in their life, they're not going to change. They're not going to be interested in changing. But here's the thing, there are physical obstacles, you guys, that stand in the way that will force the narcissist to change either their course or their behavior, okay? That's the only thing that will change the narcissist or will stop the narcissist from being a narcissist. Um, in the sense that the narcissist can't carry out the things that they want to carry out. They're still a narcissist because they're not going to learn and they're going to still try to figure a way how to get around these obstacles so that they can continue to take advantage of people. So what are these obstacles that stop them in their tracks? The first thing that I thought of was jail. I mean, you guys, now that doesn't stop them from being a narcissist in jail, but here's the deal. Once they're in jail, they're going to be facing other narcissists that are not going to put up with their crap. <laughs> other narcissists are not as easily, uh, well, maybe they are easily manipulated, but they're going to be manipulating as well. So no one comes out unscathed in that situation where you have a brood of narcissists who are going to be trying to take advantage of each other, trying to manipulate one another, and they're confined. They're left in a, in a situation where they can't just leave. They can't just walk out and find new supply, and especially the kind of supply that narcissists usually look for, victims that are easy prey, right? Other narcissists are not easy prey to narcissists. First of all, because they're selfish and self-centered, they're not going to become good supply to the narcissist. Narcissists are not good supply to each other. They are an obstacle to each other. So being in jail will actually curb the narcissist's behavior. And only like super narcissists 
do really well in jail. That's that's a sickening thing. Um, I'm sorry. I don't want to say only, you know, total narcissists can do well in jail. There are people who are, have a conscience and they are in jail and they do make changes in their life and they change, right? And they become actually like this model, um, I don't want to say model citizen because it sounds really weird, but they, they become this model human inside of jail because now they can't just run rampant. They can't uh, pull schemes on people and they actually grow a conscience or they've always had a conscience. They just, they just never had to use it, right? And something stops them from being a total crook in jail. Now they actually decide they want to be a good person. They actually build relationships and they help others. They become sort of a counselor to other inmates, right? There are those that are in jail that do that. But the narcissist will, only the super, super narcissist will continue to be narcissists in jail because they, they just push their way through. They bully their way through and they're not going to stop. And everybody else pretty much has to suffer. And that's why I really feel for people who are in jail. Because you have to deal with this. You have to deal with these psychopaths. Yeah. And who is this? Oh, Jihad. Good to see you. Good morning. So, that's one of the physical obstacles that actually stops the narcissist. Now, obviously, if they're in jail, then they're not wrecking havoc out here with the rest of us. Out in the public, right? And that's kind of frustrating to me because, well, as you all know, uh, uh, so much stuff is going on right now. But we will see how it all, it all works out. But emptying jails because of COVID safety, they say, makes, makes it safer for the jails. Like releasing violent repeat criminals in the public. This is a while back there, the um, mayors were saying they wanted to do this, governors wanted to do this, because it would make the jail safer, which then begs the question, how does it make it safer for the rest of us out here? <laughs> yeah, so jail is one of those places where it does contain narcissists, it does contain the criminal narcissists, and keeps us safer on the outside. Now... A second obstacle that I want to talk about that prevents or keeps the narcissist from carrying out their terrible behavior on us is really simple. And it's something that we can do. And that is to kick them out, to discard them, to keep them away from us, right? No longer making us available to them. And when you're no longer available to them, you, this is, you go uh, gray rock, right? You don't answer their calls when they talk to you. You don't get emotionally involved in a conversation with them. You keep it very short and very um, fact-oriented. If you have to deal with them, say, if you're working with them uh, or if they're a neighbor, you don't get into life with them. You keep them out of your life. And when they don't have access to you, to your personal life and to your personal time, they can't manipulate you. They can't con continue and to con try and control you. So that is a physical obstacle that you have control over the narcissist. You can de determine how much, how much access they have to you. So if you do that, 
they won't be able to use you, right? You can use one of my favorite words. Um, I don't know about for me favorite, but one of the most empowering words is no, right? It's okay to say no. And this is why narcissists look for people who are guilt ridden, ridden, or people who are, um, I don't want to say just always guilt ridden, but people, I guess they could say empaths maybe who feel obligated and responsible for other people's well-being, right? So the narcissist is going to prey on that and guilt the empath into doing things for them and have, give the narcissist complete access to their home, their money, their car, whatever, into their own selves. Empaths have a hard time saying no. So that's why I think it's okay, <clears throat> not think that it's okay, but this is a really great lesson for empaths is to learn to say no and not feel guilt, right? I think a lot of times empaths will feel guilt if they say no. And the reason for that though, why it gets worse for the empath is because a narcissist will prey on that. They're not gonna allow you just to say no and then they say, oh, okay, I'll just ask somebody else. No, they're going to then harass the empath about how bad of a person they are, that they're not helping, that say they're religious, whatever they are, if you're Muslim, if you're, if you're Christian, if you're Jewish, you know, or if you're Buddhist, well, you say you're Buddhist and Buddhists are supposed to care about people and you're not helping me, so what kind of Buddhist are you, right? The, the narcissist and others like the narcissist will prey on an empath, even if the empath says no. So the great lesson that you can have or a great tool that you can learn is to say no without guilt without guilt it's okay to say no because they think about this do you feel that you have as much right as they do to other people's things would you demand from the narcissist the things that they demand from you would you guilt the narcissist for saying no the way they're guilting you for saying no empaths need to learn this lesson so you guys this is a really big tool or a really big physical obstacle to narcissists and we are in control of that just saying just saying no discarding the narcissist kicking them out of our home not allowing them to use our car or money or anything else of ours just say no so those are two of the physical obstacles that prevents or keeps a narcissist from continuing to be a narcissist or carrying out their manipulations on people. Another thing that happens physically, another physical obstacle to the narcissist is if they should become, become debilitated. If they should become ill or have some other physical ailment that prevents them, say, um, Say, uh, I hate to, you know, it's not like I'm wishing this onto them at all, but definitely I have seen where a narcissist will become debilitated. And now that doesn't necessarily keep them from being a narcissist because now they can, can become an angry, bitter, resentful narcissist, right? Towards you and anybody else who's trying to help them. Say they get some kind of illness that uh, is long term, is life, you know, lifelong, and they cannot get rid of it they will use that illness as reason for why you should essentially become their slave but 
it will stop them from going out and actively um, use their other other tools, right? The narcissist use that, like charming people or go, you know um, going out and trapping them physically by by being by stalking them. You know, maybe they won't be able to stalk anymore. Maybe they won't be able to physically show up at your work. Uh, it the illness keeps them from doing this. So it's a, you know, it's a horrible thing, but that's, it, it has to be physical obstacles that stop that narcissist. It won't be um, the narcissist just deciding on their own to stop being a jerk, right? To stop using you or manipulating or conning people. They will continue to do that unless they are physically debilitated. There is another thing that I have witnessed that's physical that keeps the narcissist from moving forward, from using you. And they're going to try, right? But they get really sloppy. And the reason they get sloppy is they get old, all right? They get old. Their mind starts to go. They're not quite as sharp. They don't keep all their lies in line like they used to. They, they trip themselves up continually. They're just getting old. And also with getting old, not only does their mind dull, become more dull, uh, their body becomes less physically strong, right? Their bodies begin to get more tired. They just don't have the stamina they used to have in pursuing or in uh, conning people or pushing and arguing and fighting. It takes a lot of stamina to fight all night, you guys, right? So as a narcissist gets old, they just, they can't, they can't do that anymore. They just are physically unable to keep a fight going all night long. They're unable to stalk people uh, as much as they used to. They're unable to harass people as much as they used to. They tend to just stay more at home. Now, they'll still make outings, you know, they'll still get out and harass those they come in contact with because they need supply. They need to be out and about and they will do it as much as they can, but they won't be able to, to do all-nighters like they used to. They won't be able to do it all, you know, go all weekend harassing people and, and uh, targeting and preying on people. They won't be able to hold um, up an argument through the entire holiday, right? And, and make every family member's life miserable through the entire holiday. They just don't have the stamina for it. They'll go to bed. <laughs> they'll, they'll just be like, okay, I got to go to bed. Or they pass out in front of the, the TV on the couch while the rest of the family is enjoying the holiday. The narcissist just cannot keep up because they get old. Now, that's kind of sad. Like, if you have to wait for that, you know, you're waiting for the narcissist to get old, for them to temper down, right? To stop being a jerk in, at family gatherings, to stop harassing everybody it would be good if you don't have to wait till they get old for that to die down right so there is one other thing that we are in control of that is a physical that puts down a physical obstacle to the narcissist um, it's physical but it's also mental it works together in tandem and that is when you okay sorry let me back up 
when they need you, right? When they need you in order to survive, okay? If they need you, and they're not going to tell you they need you, by the way. I have a, I have a situation I can tell you. I, I don't know that this person's a narcissist, but they are definitely deluded. Um, so the mother lives, you know, with her grown uh, adult child. So the mother is, it's obvious to everybody around or on the outside looking in that the mother needs the child, okay? The mother is, is retirement age, doesn't have a job, uh, the adult child earns the money and uh, allows the mother to live with their family. You guys are going to be surprised who the narcissist is here. Turns out the child is the narcissist, okay? So the child sees the mother as someone who needs the narcissist. So the child is going to bully the mother around and tell her what she needs to do, how she has to clean the house or how she should be cooking or how she should be living her life because the daughter, you know, this is the daughter's house. So the mother has to live by the daughter's rules, which I understand. But the problem becomes when the daughter starts making the mother, I guess, earn her keep, all right? Tells the, you know, tells the mother essentially to raise her grandchildren. So the mother checks out as far as raising her own children because she doesn't want to deal with the hassle and the pain and the sacrifices that come with raising your own children. It is hard, by the way. It is hard to raise children because... You're going, if you care about them, that is. If you don't care about them, I guess it's not hard because then you just let somebody else raise them, which I think is what narcissists do. And so they think, oh, well, raising kids is easy. You know, I just let the babysitter do it. I let my mom do it, who I allow to live with us. Are you guys starting to see now the narcissist character coming out? All right. So the mother feels like she's the one who needs the narcissist when actually... The narcissist needs the mother. The only way that the narcissist is able to work without paying for ba babysitters and daycare workers and someone to drive the older kids to, to school and pick them up. And the only way she's able to do this is the mother is doing this for, for the grandchildren. So the, the child, the adult child needs the mother to do this for her, needs the mother to pick up pick up things at the store, uh, run errands, pick up the kids, actually take care of the kids, be there for the kids, because the adult child doesn't want to deal with having to raise her own kids. Now, this obstacle, the reason I even set this all up for you is when the narcissist realizes that they need the supply, they need, like in this case, the daughter needs her mother to pick up the kids, uh, pick up the grandkids, and needs the mother to, and you guys, picking up kids is not easy. It's not like, oh, it's five minutes, you're there, you're, you're back, and then you just go back to work. No, she would have to take out hours of her day from work in order to drive each of the kids to two different schools and then pick up each of the kids from two different schools. And who has that kind of flexibility in their job that they can do this right now this adult child this could stay home and raise her her kid her kids 
but instead she wants to escape. Her escape is, and, and I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, don't get a job. Definitely get a job, be responsible, pay your bills. But in this case, she has a husband who has a perfectly good job, who pays the bills, who has everything, you know, provides everything they need. The only reason the mother wants to get a job is because she wants more. Not the mother, the daughter, right? The adult daughter. She wants more. She wants more um, money to do more things, to have more things. She's not interested in, in raising her own, her own kids. And I see this all the time. I see people who don't need to work, but they, they work because they just want more. But it's at the detriment of their own children. They're not home to take care of their kids. They're not home to build a relationship with their kids. They're not home to guide their kids when their kids start to go through really hard things at school. And these are middle school kids, right? Middle school, I mean, all ages, by the way, is difficult. And all the kids need their parents at all ages. I know people are like, well, once they're able to, to put together a snack for themselves and get themselves through the door, they don't need to have the parent at home. Like some people believe that. But what about the emotional and physical traumas that they can experience? What about the emotional minefield that's out there when they're growing up? Parents who check out of that, parents who leave their kids to maneuver and, and through that minefield are negligent parents. That, that's just the way I see it. So, I mean, I understand if you have to work in order to put food on the table, but this, this person does not. Anyway, here's the deal. When the narcissist realizes that they need you, to do something for them in order for their life to go easier, in order for them to afford their lifestyle, in order for them to escape their responsibilities like raising their own kids. When the narcissist realizes that, you will be able to control the physical obstacle to them, which is they cannot control you anymore. They need you. So now you have... I guess would they, you have a bargaining chip with the narcissist. And this is what I think this mother that I know, you know, retired mother, elderly mom, who is taking care of her grandkids. I think she has a bargaining chip that she is not aware of. And the narcissist still, of course, will make the elderly mom feel like she's a drain on the family and she owes, she owes her adult daughter, um, but in reality, the situation is that if the elderly mom was not there, the adult daughter would not be able to go off and make all the money that she wants to make, have a career that she wants to have, neglect her kids the way she wants to neglect them, and then wonder why in the world they're so disrespectful and drawn inward. I mean, these kids, they don't listen to their parents. They don't interact with their parents. I mean, they're kind of young still because they're just about middle school-ish. Um, but wait till they start retaliating, right? Wait, wait, And this is what gets me, you guys. It really annoys and pisses me off that people will raise little monsters and then unleash them on the rest of us. Like, why the heck are you having kids and you're not even raising them? You're, you want to, these kids to raise themselves using television or videos, of course, right, on all the social media, which 
everybody knows is a horrible place to raise kids. Um, but that's what they want to do. They want to unleash these monsters that they raise onto the rest of society. And this is what we're dealing with today. This is how narcissists raise generations of pure, self-centered jerks who may not be narcissists because they just never were raised right. They were, were not raised with guidance and, and discernment for wisdom. <laughs> They're just raised following every whimsical social media post and culture, cultural junk that comes out of, I don't even want to say Hollywood anymore, but you know what I mean, entertainment industry that completely corrupts all morality. So these parents think, oh, what's wrong with uh, me having some stuff for myself, like my own little job, or I, I, it doesn't have to be a little job, it could be a big job, but at the expense of their kids, right? But here's the deal. If this elderly mother would lay down the law and say, no, you have to get a part-time job. You cannot have a full-time job. I refuse to raise your kids full-time. And the elderly mom, though, sadly, put herself in a situation where she feels like she can't escape. Now, if that were you, if this person were you, I want you to imagine that you can escape. You still have choices. The elderly mom actually could get a job. She's actually still physically able to do this. Um, she can move in with her friends who've offered her essentially free rent, right? A free room uh, for her to get on her feet. She actually could do this and pull herself out of this situation where her grandchildren are just devolving into little jerks. Her daughter would have to quit her job or at least go down to part-time and actually have to spend time with their, her own children and possibly even mother them, right? And possibly even parent her own children and guide them and, and raise them with some morals and standards uh, and help them with discernment of wisdom. You guys, all of this would work out for the best. But sadly, right now, the path of least resistance for all of them is that the, you know, the, the elderly mom, which I want to say is the victim here, the elderly mom has a choice and she could extract herself and still have a relationship with the, her grandkids, by the way, because I think that they all see that if there were some degree of separation, they would actually probably all have a better relationship with their grandmother, but there's no separation. They're just used to having the grandmother there, and they're just used to being able to be condescending with their grandmother. They're just used to talking down to their grandmother. So having the grandmother stay there only makes, I think, the situation worse, where the kids are not learning how to be respectful. They're just learning that to take advantage of and to take for granted this grandmother. Now, if the grandmother wasn't there all the time, they'd only get to see her once in a while. They may actually appreciate her more. They may actually see that they have to be nice to her because they don't get to see her that often. Um, because the people you see most often are used to, those are the people you tend to be more 
yourself with, right? You, you don't have boundaries. You don't have standards. You're just yourself. If you're grumpy, then you're going to be grump, grumpy with this person. And this is how they are with their grandmother. Anyway, you guys, here's the deal. If we should lay down boundaries, if we should look around and see what it is the narcissist needs from us, we actually have an upper hand. We actually have something to bargain with, with the narcissist. We can demand that the narcissist treats us a certain way if they want to continue getting this service from us or whatever it is that they need from us, right? We need to lay down boundaries with consequences. That is the physical obstacle that will stop a narcissist from being a narcissist in your life, from using you, from... Uh, from taking advantage of you is if you lay down boundaries with consequences and you say, well, if you don't get this part-time job, I'm going to go back to this, you know, this scenario. If the elderly mom says to her daughter, if you don't come down to, to this job being part-time, I'm moving out because I don't see you interacting with the kids. I don't see you being a very large part of it. by the time you come home you're exhausted and you can't even deal with the kids the kids need their parents so the elderly mom actually can say that and then when the daughter says well no i'm not going to go down to part-time the elderly mom actually follows through with a consequence which is she moves out what will the daughter do who's going to pick up the kids Who's going to, you know, it's going to come out of the paycheck, right? The, the adult daughter's paycheck. And now suddenly maybe her working doesn't make too much sense that she's working just to pay somebody else to take care of her kids. So when you give consequences to the narcissist, to the person who's taking advantage of the situation, to the person who's demanding and, and abusing and using and bullying you, when you put down consequences that affect them, what will happen is you'll see that this narcissist actually has self-control. This narcissist actually can make decisions that are better for you, for the person they're taking advantage of, because they can't take advantage of you anymore. Now they have to make a better decision that turns out better for everybody. You guys, what we have to do is stay strong. We have to hold our line of not allowing the narcissist to continue to bulldoze through, use, abuse, take advantage of, and destroy. Why, why would we allow that? We wouldn't do that to somebody else. So why would we allow a narcissist to do that in our life, right? Yeah. Hey, Obi-Wan, good to see you. <laughs> oh, jeez. Obi. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, you guys, when will a narcissist stop being a narcissist? What part of it do you have control of? We do. We have more control than we realize. We have the ability to say no, right? And we have the ability to lay down boundaries with consequences. Now, if you lay down boundaries and you have no consequences that go with it, say this elderly mom says, hey, I, you know, you're to her daughter. You need to, to come, come down to a part-time job because I, 
I'm not going to be the full-time caretaker of the kids. I, I, you know, even though the kids go to school, so I guess she's not full-time in that sense. But she can say that I see that the kids need you. They need you to be a part of their life and to play with them and interact with them and guide them and ask them about what's going on in their lives and who are their friends and what do they like about their friends or are there things they don't like about other kids, you know, and what's going on in their life. This is the way parents learn what's going on in their children's life and can help their children navigate the emotional landmines that are out there. But if the elderly mom can say to her adult child, her adult daughter, you need to come down to at least part-time so that you can be there for your kids emotionally on a regular basis, like at least an hour or two hours a day. You can't come home from work, a full day's work, and be so exhausted that you don't want to raise your kids. That's not healthy for them. If the elderly mom would lay that down, and then the daughter says, well, no, I'm not going to go down to part-time. I'm just going to keep doing my full-time job. And then the elderly mom just says, oh, okay, and then backs off. Nothing was gained. Nothing happened. It was, you know, laying down uh, a request, I guess. It wasn't really a boundary. And then asking the daughter to come down to part-time, and then the daughter refusing, and then the elderly mom saying, oh, okay, no consequence to this, and then continues to do the things that she does for her grandkids. Um, continues to be the punching bag to her grandkids when they're having a bad day or when they're irritated because they're not learning from their parents how to control when they're feeling irritated, how to be respectful of others regardless of how hungry you are, right? The hangry uh, excuse is no excuse to treat other people badly. Uh, how to take care of themselves physically so that they don't get to the hangry stage, how, how to carry snacks around, how to... Um, how to maneuver when they're having arguments with their close friends or when a close friend stabs them in the back and gossips about them. How do they maneuver through that? How do they handle those situations instead of getting mad at grandma and yelling at her and taking out their frustrations on their grandma? You know, the whole situation there is not serving anybody. It's just going to create monsters, little monsters that grow up to big monsters who then get unleashed on the rest of us, which I do not appreciate. <laughs> and I don't think you guys appreciate that either. So we need consequences. If the grandmother, if the elderly mom lays down this boundary and then the adult daughter says, no, I'm not going to go to part time. And then the elderly mom says, well, you have till next week, but I'm, I'm moving out because I don't see that I'm helping this situation. I'm making it worse by being um, an enabler. And that's a lot of times, you guys, empaths become enablers because we don't, we just don't want to see people we love suffer, right? We don't want to see them have to reap the consequences of their own actions. But that doesn't really help them if we don't allow consequences to shape them and shape their decisions to become better decisions. If we don't allow consequences to follow through, then we take the consequences away, just like this elderly mom does. She takes the consequence away from her daughter of having to raise her own kids. So what's she going to do? 
she's not going to raise her own kids. <laughs> Why would she when she has a built-in babysitter, when she has a built-in chauffeur for her kids, when she has a built-in punching bag for her kids to take their frustrations out on, why would she need to raise her kids? Why would she need to guide them? When she's tired, she, she gives her the ex herself the excuse of, look, I worked all day for my family, when in reality, she's working all day to earn extra money so that they have an even more extravagant life, right? And afford bigger, better things, I suppose. Um, it's not for the family. It's because of her own greed. And you guys, I am totally for earning and building and getting, you know, bigger, better things for yourself, but not at the expense of ignoring your parenting duties. All right. That is not cool with me. All right. So if the elderly mom would lay down the rules and the laws and the, the boundaries, really, and have a consequence to it, that is the only thing that will curb the narcissist's behavior, that will change the narcissist's choices, right? Um, and this is when we'll actually see they have actual self-control. They can throw a fit, but then they'll see like their fit only draws you or drives you farther away. If their fits and their anger and their bursts, whatever, result in a consequence that affects them, like you leaving, you not allowing them access to you anymore, suddenly you're going to see the narcissist have self-control. Now, is it because they're doing this just because they know it's better not to use you, better not to hurt you, better not to um, attack you? No. <laughs> they're doing it because there are consequences that hurt them. And that's what the narcissist is motivated by. And that's where the narcissist changes course. They don't actually change who they are, but they will change course and not be able to use you if you set boundaries with consequences that affect the narcissist. Well, you guys, that is my lesson for today. I hope that has helped. I hope that you think about what you can do in your life to set healthy boundaries with people. And now, this is not just a tool to be used um, when you're with a narcissist. These are tools to be used with everyone because it doesn't do even another empath any good if you enable that empath, right? Say there's another empath and this empath is just always a woe is me type of person. I, I call them an Eeyore, right? Oh, everything's always wrong. Everything always happens to me. I can't get a job. I can't get ahead. Nobody likes me. Holy cow. Okay. So if you're an, another empath and you give into this and you enable that thinking and you allow this person to continue to live out their woe is me life, how are they going to change? What's going to motivate them to change? Nothing, right? So when you say, that's enough of that, next time I hear from you or next time we get together, I want to hear what you've changed in your life. But if you're not going to do anything, then maybe we don't need to meet anymore because it's no fun for me to sit here and listen to you Tell me all of your woe is me stories. <laughs> so either that person will go on and find another person to tell their stories to, or they're going to be um, kind of slapped awake, right? <laughs> so, oh my gosh, you guys.
Hey, BB Scott, you're, yes. <laughs> and hugs to you, too. Yep, oh my gosh. <laughs> Obi says, I was raised by my grandma, and I was bored and went crazy. I hate watching game shows. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, you know, when parents neglect their duties, they essentially... They, they hurt the child, you know, they're so selfish, they hurt the child. And it might seem like, well, the parent is off and doing good things and, and trying to earn money. But look at their lifestyle. Are they actually spending it on the child? Are they actually, and maybe they do, right, on some trips and things like that. But is that what the child really needs is more trips, more clothing, more knickknacks, more electronics? Or do they actually need a parent that's present, that's interacting with them, that's affectionate with them, that hears them and sees them so that they don't need to go seeking attention from the wrong people? That's another lesson for another time, you guys. Or maybe that's something you guys can glean from our conversations here. So hoping that you see that there is hope that you will not have to live out your whole life with a with a manipulative narcissist because you do have some tools that you can use. You have the power of no and you have the ability to set boundaries with consequences. So I hope that has helped you guys. We have about 10 more minutes, but if there are no comments or questions, then we may just go ahead and end a little early today. I hope that that has helped you guys. You know, maybe we can talk a little bit now about um, the oppression and the aggression and the uh, psychopathy that's out there. It seems very prevalent now. People who are just um, brainwashed, you guys, by propaganda start questioning. And this is where I say over and over again, you know, you want to be on the side of good. And how can you figure out which side is good? Ask questions. Ask a lot of darn questions and pay attention, right? Don't ignore, um, what is it? Don't, don't ignore facts. Don't, you know, go seeking facts for yourself, right? Um, look at what makes sense. You know, is this logical? Is this rational? Does it even make sense? And um, and unplug from the mainstream media. They are so full of BS, you guys. The mainstream. Uh, I hate to even call it mainstreamy anymore because a lot of it has also gone to talk shows and um, entertainment jerks. These are people who have... Who have some sway, right? They they have followers. They, uh, ugh, <laughs> hate to even talk about that. But they're not mainstream media. But they will perpetuate uh, propaganda points. So be careful of that. Unplug from the popular, right? Oh, there is a saying that says, "What's popular is rarely right, and what's right is rarely popular." So. Just be careful of that. If it's extremely popular and it seems like everybody, all the media, um, every newspaper, every article that comes across your phone seems to support one view, question that because we're being, we're being used. We're being 
Um, you guys, this is the biggest narcissist scam, I feel, that we are living in right now. And you have to pull yourself back to reality. You have to unplug from the narcissist mainstream of propaganda and BS information because it's not information. When fact checkers, right, don't do anything to fact check. They do no studies. They look into no um, evidence. They just spout their opinion. That is not a fact check. <laughs> so these crazy, not even crazy, these are criminals, by the way. The, the criminal fact checkers are now coming out and saying, oh, what we said 10 months ago and we debunked uh, turns out to be real. So we will change our fact checking to now support that thing that we debunked 10 months ago. We did nothing to actually fact check it. We just spouted our opinion and picked at picky uni definitions of a word rather than actually looking into the situation. They are now backed into a corner where they have to admit that what they said was wrong and what uh, was presented to us was reality, was real, and they debunked it for no reason. So you guys, a lot of people followed that, a lot of people believed it. Be careful. Be careful when you're out there. Don't believe everything you hear. Ask a lot of questions. Otherwise, you just become part of the scam. You, you get pulled into the scam. And if you're one of these who perpetuate scam by perpetuating the propaganda, that's another way, reason why I don't really call it all mainstream media anymore because a lot of times it's people like the flying monkeys <laughs> and the fan club who get, who, who get taken, right? Who are cheated and, or lied to and they believe the lies and then they perpetuate the lies because they don't realize they're being lied to. So that's why we're sick of flying monkeys and fan clubs of the narcissist because they're not informed. They're very poorly informed and in fact they are deluded. They are brainwashed and they're being manipulated. And they don't realize that but they're going to then brainwash uh, anybody else around them by spewing the, you know, or saying the same lies and propaganda. So be careful of that. Ask a lot of questions. Look into things. Um, listen to the other side once in a while. And maybe go to, go to alternate uh, news sites. A lot of alternate news sites have come up as a response to this. And, you know, thank God for that. You know, that the truth will prevail. Keep praying for that, you guys. And if you're feeling like you're living in crazy town or crazy world or crazy city right now, depending on who your governor is or your mayor. Um, you are. You are living in crazy world and crazy town and crazy city. Uh, start start waking up other people. Try, try to learn real facts. Listen to some of the Senate hearings. Listen to the information that comes out in the Senate hearings and see if they are consistent and if they make sense. Because the liars, by the way, are not consistent. The lies are not consistent. They don't stand up over the test of time. They just don't. That's why months later at this point, after a lot of burying and a lot of censorship and a lot of um, projecting, I guess, you know, uh, 
the the criminals are now having to face truths coming out that are debunking their lies <laughs> that they've been telling for the last 10 whatever 12 14 months yeah so that's coming out just try to watch some of the hearings watch some of the and mainly that's it you know interviews real interviews of both sides okay don't just pay attention and watch videos like find out why are we not given video footage of something that should have hundreds of cameras on it right a, a federal building for crying out loud having no cameras nobody there was able to record anything give me a break and only like five recordings being circulated over and over and over again to to perpetuate a certain narrative that does not sound right to me um ask yourself some questions why is that why are people not able to to report what they see why are they not able to do that why are they being censored so look at that if if there's if people are being censored find out who's being censored and what is it that they have to say and that's why all these alternate sites are coming up alternate servers are coming out oh it's so awesome um i don't know if they're called servers but you know different sites where where people can create channels and not be censored it is awesome and that is where you you're going to actually be able to have a conversation from both sides which is good anyway you guys i hope this helps you to wake up and i hope that today's discussion gives you a little bit of hope that you still have control, you still have the ability to say no, and you still have the ability to put down boundaries with consequences. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, who's, I'm sorry, let me see. James, good to see you. He says, I got myself out a few years back. I don't trust anymore, especially with what my ex, sorry, did to me. Yeah. Yeah. Obi says, be careful, James. These demons are dangerous, especially if they know you know what they're about. <laughs> yeah. So, we do have to um, put down boundaries or consequences and then get ourselves out of the line of fire. And if that means you have to discard them or you have to go gray rock and you have to stop uh, interacting with them, then you have to do that. Aww. <laughs> and Mina, good to see you. Says hi, Oscar. Hi to you too. Oscar is my little dog there, so I also go by Oscar if you want to call me that. Uh, let me see. James says, let me see if I can figure out what this, I think there's some typos in here. It took me a few months of planning before I left. Yeah. Yep, and that's what you have to do. Well, you guys, I hope that you see that there, you still have power. You still have things to bring to the table. You still have a bargaining chip and that is access to you. And if you have to remove access to you from the narcissist for them to stop their behavior, then that's what you do. You know, just don't be, um, 
don't be depressed about that. That's actually a good thing that you have that ability. If you were in jail, sadly, uh, you wouldn't have that ability. You'd be stuck, right, with the psycho narcissists that are there who you can't get away from. So be thankful that you are still out and that you have this ability to, to have control over your own life. You can make your own decisions. You can decide who can, can talk to you and who can't, right? You can, you can decide who can come into your home and who can't. You can decide who you're going to help and who you're not going to help. So, and you can decide who you want um, to get to know and who you don't want to get to know. You still have a lot of options and a lot of choices. So, well, you guys, our time is up. I want to say God bless you guys. I know that you're going to do great. You're learning so much. You've come a very long way. And you just got to keep putting one foot in front of another. Even though some days it's going to feel like you can barely move. Just stand still then on those days. And um, take in the little things. Do small things like make your bed. Do a push-up or two, right? Do something for yourself. Go for a walk in the sun. Enjoy your day. Well, you guys, have a great week. And we will be back next week and possibly Tuesday nights. Keep that in mind. I'm thinking I might start doing these happy crappy hours on Tuesday nights instead of the middle of the day, which is hard for people. But Thursdays just happen to be a really good day for me. It's my day off and I plan nothing but to do this. Well, except for other stuff in the afternoon. But Tuesday might be one of the days that I start to move to. Well, blessings to you guys. And I pray that you have a great week. And I will see you next Thursday.